Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Barefoot Buttons, makers of the Barefoot Button. Ryan, tell us why you love it. I love the Barefoot Buttons because, yeah, they protect your foot from those sharp, hard metal buttons that are on your pedal that just slice right through the bottom of your foot. But they also really help your giant fat feet get into those little crevices on your board where maybe you have two pedals put really close together because you're trying to save space. It gives you an extra piece to get your foot in there, get your pedal on without bumping the other pedal. It's awesome. So go check them out at barefootbuttons.com. Barefoot Buttons. They're the barefoot button of buttons. Do you want me to go? Yeah, go for it. All right. Hi, I'm Matt from Pedal Empire, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Hey, it's Ryan. And this is Steve. And this is me, your old pal, Donnie. <laughs> Hi, Donnie. You're our old pal. <laughs> yeah, we, we met how many moons ago when on this very podcast? You know, I stopped counting moons a long time ago. I think it was like <laughs> four moons ago. That, that we about met? Right. I guess that maybe makes sense. A Five moon a month? month? A yeah. moon a month? I think that's how the expression yeah. came to be. Yeah. Uh, one so moon, it's one, a moon is every full moon. We met at, uh, at the 100th episode, right? It was. It was exactly 15 episodes ago, by oh my, my count. <laughs> <laughs> yes, welcome to the 115th episode. Hey, Ryan, I have a question for you. Ask me your question, Steve. What's new? Oh, what's new? It's just, we just slammed through what 14 pedals and 14 beers and 14 beers for the wheel of pedals uh donnie what did you win uh it's funny that you didn't ask me what's new but since you probably meant to what's new for me that is what's new for you i as of 30 minutes ago became the proud owner of a jhs honeycomb that is a sweet win what did you uh what did you put into the pile to win that I put into the pile a pedal. It's called the Raven, and it's by Romans 11 or Romans 12 Audio. And it's a friend of mine who was starting a pedal company that decided not to start a pedal company, but is really good at soldering <laughs> and making pedals. And I just have not had a place for it on my board for a while, so I decided to play. I couldn't resist the temptation to play the Wheel of Pedals, uh-huh. and boy, am I glad I did. Yeah, you kind of made out like a bandit. Uh, not saying that that pedal isn't a great pedal. I haven't tried it. Maybe I'll do a little demo of it uh, now that it's here on the board. You totally should. It's a nasty overdrive that yeah. I've enjoyed and had on my board at times um, as mainstays. I actually use several of his pedals. I have a Superbolt clone that uh-huh. I really like by him as well. But the uh, I'm really stoked about the Honeycomb. I haven't even yeah. plugged it in yet. That's how new it is. It's a great pedal. The Honeycomb's a great, great tremolo pedal. And you know, I think this is what's really fun about the Wheel of Pedals. If you want information on the Wheel of Pedals, go to the Facebook group, by the way. We have all the rules there pinned to the top. What's fun about the Wheel of Pedals is, say you have a pedal in your collection that you don't really use it, but you really just can't bring yourself to sell it for whatever reason, but you could totally like put it out there for someone you kind of know on the internet to have it. Like this is a great way to have that happen. Like you could still kind of know it's out there. A random stranger doesn't have it. A random acquaintance has it. An internet <laughs> acquaintance. But it still feels like 
you've maintained the connection to it somehow, you know? Yeah, and I think the thing, too, like you mentioned, someone that you kind of know on the internet is better than a complete total stranger on Reverb that right, you met right. in a dark alley on the internet. Yeah. So, to me, if I needed to go get it back, that would be, you know, one thing. But also, I've been really into mod pedals lately, Uh huh. but I would never have thought to go get a trim pedal. Right. So, it'll be fun to see, like how i bond with this and how it fits on my board just be- for the pure like what's gonna happen right totally it's a really fun tremolo pedal it's, it's got two foot switches on it that allows you to like go between two speeds which when i first got one way back to demo it i was like i don't know how much i use that two speeds whatever and then using it in a live setting i was like oh my gosh this is awesome like because it's just jump between your two seeds you have your slow or your fast or a slightly slower slightly faster like anything you want is super useful yeah it's kind of like a leslie in a way like you can have your slow yeah, and then totally. your faster you know obviously it's not the same yeah. type of effect but you know what i just realized what did you realize steve so we're talking about wheel of pedals and everyone who's listening to this episode if they've listened to a previous episode knows that we do wheel of pedals uh-huh they don't know is about 10 days from when this next episode drops we'll be doing another wheel of pedals that's true and what they also don't know if they don't follow us on instagram or uh facebook is that on the Wheel of Pedals board right now, Yeah, between the last time we recorded and now, we received a Strymon Flint. From that, Strymon, brand from, new. Yeah, and it did not go in this round. So right now, our board is looking like a Strymon Flint, a TC Electronics flashback, uh, the Romans whatever Raven. <laughs> the Bible Raven. The <laughs> full, full Tone Distortion Pro, the Donner Yellow Fall, the crazy Kevin from uh, R Rex effects, I think, uh-huh. is what he's called. I forget. It's on the back. Um, the Billy Hell from Ohm Electronics. The Mod Tone Delay. The mm-hmm. Boss Tremolo. And the Arrowhead Boost from Vertical Electronics. So there's a pretty good lineup here. Yeah. Um, that Mod Tone Delay is new in box. Yeah. It <laughs> cracked me up that we did 14 spins and the Flint remains. There are three pedals that did not move yeah. from the board. What are the odds of that? Let's do the math. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding yeah i have but no I idea do what the kind of want to do the math but i'm not going to but it's totally within normalcy that three pedals remained after spinning the wheel 14 times out of 10 because certain numbers got repeated so yep. uh yeah i'm just stoked that the flint is still on the board uh, it's still probably gonna give me a nervous wreck next time we roll uh give me a nervous breakdown it's gonna mm-hmm. make me a nervous wreck okay uh, the next time we spin, I'm going to donate my entire pedal board one pedal at a time. Has it been a month since you've contributed five pedals to the board, Steve? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> the next time we spin, it will have been a month. So both of us can get into the board now <laughs> on the next spin. Somehow I don't think people would like that. Yeah, they might be angry at us. It feels a little shady. Yeah, it feels sketchy. Uh, so we probably won't play. We'll play by uh, continuing to do demos and getting pedals that way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah that flint is totally great i did a demo of it today that should be up sometime soon and it was a lot of fun to play around with we got to stop talking about this uh do you have anything new steve yeah uh i just wanted to give a big shout out and thanks to randy chaplin he joined the inner circle nice of 60 cycle hum um by going on our crowdfunding actually he just paypal'd us uh for the duration that he wants to be in ten dollars yep. a month for the length that he wanted to sign up for he didn't want to do a whole year so he did a little bit less yeah and uh, that's a good way to do it you can shoot us an email at 60cyclehumcast.com to find out more if you go to or sorry 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com is our email 60cyclehumcast.com is our website yep you can find out more about how to support the podcast there uh-huh 
Uh, and I've also got to throw it out there. If you join the inner circle, uh, there's a perk right now that you get a free month of strings from gear supply company. So once you join the, oh, inner, yeah. once you join the inner circle, we're going to send you a coupon code. You go to girlsupply.com, put in the code and you get your free month of strings. It's basically worth up to an $18 value, depending on the kind of strings that you get. So that's a pretty neat perk. Everyone in the inner circle has been getting strings and, and kind of chatting back and forth about it. It's a, it's a fun little perk to giving Steve and I money out of your own pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it basically is basically like if you like strings, it's a month of inner circle for free. Two months for free, if you think about it the right way. Month and yeah. a half for free, something, something like, that. like that. Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. Well, anyways, let's get uh, straight into the show. Yeah, let's do some ads. Yeah, I'm going to close the garage door because it's starting to get chilly and there are bugs flying all over us. All right. But uh, we'll get straight into ads right after I make a lot of noise with the garage door. Oh, come on now. <laughs> this is just terrible. Sorry, guys. Oh, garage, garage, garage. All right, this ad was sent to us by Kyle Smith back from his self-imposed hiatus. What was he? He was on Lent? He was Lenting. Uh, he was celebrating the Lenten season by a social media fast. Yeah. Uh, but he came back with a vengeance with this Fender 1964 Music Master red sparkle vintage guitar used. This is on eBay. Um, this is a fairly modified setup, I it's suppose It's pretty modified, say. Steve. <laughs> It's pretty modified. Uh, it's still got the original knobs? Question mark? Uh, question mark on that one. It's, I think it's still got the original bridge pickup. It's still got the original bridge. I want to see it has all the original headstock hardware. Uh, what's not original? It's got a Gibson humbucker yeah. in the neck position, which looks huge on this small scale guitar. I kind of dig it. I want to know what it sounds like. Yeah, something in me likes this. Yeah. I like how big the pickup looks. It almost looks like, you know, the pickups in the Gibson SG bases where they're just freaking huge. Right. Mm -hmm. It's got that look, but it's in a fender body and it's just a regular guitar it kinda, humbucker. It kind of makes me feel dirty, though, that it's a Gibson stamped. I know. It's got the giant Gibson stamp. Fender. Well, you get the best of both worlds. You have a Fender guitar, but that Gibson sound. Yeah, you know who else got the best of both worlds? What? Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking okay, about. Okay, you can say it. Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh, my gosh. Good. This yeah. guitar is also a... Uh, it was refinished. To be sparkle red. I'm doing sparkle in air quotes here. Oh. Uh, I have another picture it, here. It on looks the, pretty cut up. If you, I have another picture somewhere on the drive, if you can find it, where you can see how awesome this refinish job is. Oh, it's pretty far back there, so keep scrolling. I'll uh, be honest. I kind of like refins. Uh-huh. Oh, because, good Lord. But you got to see this. Oh. It's a lumpy home-done refinish for yeah. sure. Yeah. It that, doesn't look good. No. It's like it's like they got like three drips going on the top horn. And like, well, surely if I keep spraying, it'll just cover <laughs> it up and smooth it out. No, dude. Uh, you gunked up a ton of paint there and it looks bad. Well, like I said, the front of the the front of the body looks like it's just got a bunch of like scratches in it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We're looking at it basically eleven hundred dollars on this. What do they shipping? What do these go for, Cherry? I don't know. I feel like this 
price is too high for the bad things that were done for to this. Yeah. Even if I like the hardware modifications, those things still have to knock off some of the value. Yeah, I would say probably seven hundred to nine hundred bucks is what I've seen Music Masters go for generally. Yeah, like in nice condition, pretty minty. Music Master was a student model, if I remember correctly. Yeah, back in the sixties. I feel like some are going above a thousand now if they're in really good condition. Yeah, like minty, like never yeah. taken out of the case, or type. like played by a celebrity or something like that. You know? Yeah, uh, Tomo I've... Fujita is into them now. Yeah, I so. found a view. Yeah. Did you, Steve? Yeah, I found a Music <laughs> Master bass for seven fifty. Yeah, uh, here's a fifty nine Music Master. Oh, that bridge pickup is added on. Is it? Because it's a yeah. it's a neck pickup. The, music Masters are originally neck pickup yeah. only. Um, so a lot of this stuff is added on. All the extra switches. Uh, I'm sure the knob placement is original, but yeah, this thing's been messed up. And you have to think, like, with the size of the guitar, like, what percentage of the guitar's overall volume was drilled out yeah. to make way for those pickups? What's under right. the pick guard is what I want to know for this thing, because it could be just a disaster of a route underneath this. It could, like you're saying, it could have been routed out with a drill, you know, yeah, where you get a thousand holes that are all just lined up so you can fit a pick out in there, uh, which is something I have done to guitars in the past. And I'm ashamed of it. I found so. <laughs> someone selling a two pickup Music Master, which again I think that's an aftermarket modification. Um, for yeah, seven, a lot of people for seven hundred dollars. I think some of them come because it's the same body as a Duosonic. Some of them come routed with for two yeah. pickups. So if you get the, a a pick guard with two pickup holes in it, then you can just make it a two. Here's a seventies that sold for about seven hundred. So yeah, yeah, we're looking at like around seven hundred. I, like I said, Maybe I more for an older one. I think I've seen them crest over a, a grand for the ones that are really cherry. This one does not deserve that price for sure. I what what do you guys think? I I feel like I would have a lot of trouble going over six hundred for this. Yeah, I would go same. But if it was a bass with that Gibson pickup that you're talking about, <laughs> I'd, I'd buy it. Right, I don't right. even play bass. I'd buy it. Outright. Yeah. <laughs> but I, that's not me saying I don't like this guitar. It, I like the concept. I would play this in a band for sure. It, it feels like if Fender was going to do like a um, modern player music master, like uh -huh. that's what it would look like. Yeah. Oh, totally. I agree. That would be a fun guitar. Hey, Fender, if you want to use that idea, just let me know. 60cyclehomecast.gmail.com. I, I feel like with this setup, though, you've got to have either a really weak humbucker in the neck or you've got to have a pretty hot single on that bridge. Right. Because that humbucker is really going to overpower the bridge pickup. That's a Duncan Quarter pounder in the... <laughs> You mean that completely black plastic single coil in there? It's an EMG. That's probably yes. like three and a half K Music Master pickup. Oh my god! <laughs> and then it's stacked against probably like a seven or eight K Gibson humbucker, <laughs> maybe even nine K. Who knows? I yeah. wonder what guitar that pickup came out of. The Gibson. It's probably oh the Gibson. It's an older one. I yeah. think I don't. I think those Gibson stamps are like very eighties. That seems like an 80s thing. I have yeah. not seen a Gibson stamp pickup like that yeah. before. They're kind of funky. I've, I've sold a few, actually. Okay, next ad. This was sent to us by Robert Badillo. Mm -hmm. Or Badillo? It's probably Badillo. Yeah. Not Badillo. That, it's sorry if your name is Badillo, but that sounds wrong to me. It sounds like I said the, the name wrong. It's got to be Badillo. Uh, we have had this in our Google Drive for, I want to say, two months now. Has it couple, been that long? A couple weeks, maybe. 
Yeah, it's more than a couple, weeks. a couple weeks. For a couple sessions. So sure, let's say like a, month a month and a half. Um, it looks like wow. a space alien. Alien invasion electric guitar collectible. $1,200. <laughs> electric guitar, great sound and unique style collector's item. The neck is coming out of the alien face's mouth. Yeah. So if you hold this, the alien's head is essentially sideways and then going upside down, depending on how you hold it. Uh, it is your... Typical 90s-style X-Files alien head. You know, the uh, the almond shape, yeah, everything. Yeah, you know, I kind of... I want to believe that this guitar is worth $1,200, <laughs> but... Nice fun. But what I know, what I know is that um, the truth is out there, and by listing this on eBay, he'll find out what it's really worth. <laughs> I, to me, this... It looks like the sort of thing you would win at a county fair. It really does. Uh, it doesn't look really well done at all. There's still the plastic cover on the humbucker. It's a hardtail strat bridge. Uh, single humbucker, two knobs, a switch right in the middle of the alien's eye. And here's the thing with this is basically what somebody did is they found like an alien head that's sort of in the shape of this. They cut it out, like yeah. they cut the body to fit the head. They cut it out, and then in order to make it so it's like fits well, they just did like a sunburst ish yeah. sort of thing. So it's just basically it's like a photograph taped to a guitar, glued to a guitar, glossed over, and then burnt like do do the black band burst finish to cover up the edges. It kind of looks like a like a high school wood, woodworking project. <laughs> You know, like, oh, I've got a wide format printer. I can print this, like, this alien head. I'll make an alien head guitar, and then I'll start a 311 cover band. You know, that's kind <laughs> of the you, vibe. Do you I'm, associate aliens with 311? Uh, you know, kind of that scene out of the 90s. Like, kids were, like, into alien stuff. Like you know? Alien Ant Farm? Yeah, and, you know, Ooh. alien skateboards and stuff like that. And, you know. I feel like someone took, like, an alien fat head and put that on a guitar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh like and God. then use, like, like... a wall decal? Yeah, and then just use, like, a jigsaw to cut it out. Yeah, the shape of the guitar is... I mean, you think alien head, it should be a symmetrical, yeah. like, almond shape. Like, you could take a teardrop 60s guitar there and call go. it an alien head. Right. They went really weird on the shape of this guitar. It's got all kinds of ridges and edges on it. That don't even really fit the shape of the alien head. Well, this guy, this particular alien has high cheekbones. He was a model in his society. <laughs> <laughs> a very beautiful alien for sure. But you know, I have to ask, what do you think the selector switch does? Because it's only one pickup. That's a really good question. I hadn't even considered that. Um, oh. I'm going to go with full humbucker. Coil tap? Coil tap. And um, series switch. What happens is you flick that switch and it plays the little keyboard riff from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I hope that when you flick the switch, the <laughs> eyes light up. Or it's a kill switch. That I think that's expecting way too much. Another thing I just noticed, like mm -hmm. I said, an alien head should be like a perfect almond shape. Pretty symmetrical sort of situation here. Right. The, the bridge and the humbucker are offset in the alien's face. Like, it's not centered. Yeah. Oh, that bothers me. The whole thing is not centered. This is like an OCD nightmare. Yeah. Don't even look at this if you're even close to being OCD. Yeah. This You'll is, have problems. This is, like, aliens are scary enough, especially this style of alien. This is like the horror movie style alien where, like, it taps on your window and then the bright light happens and it sucks you out like, your window. Like from signs? Yeah, and then they touch your butthole a bunch. And it's really <laughs> scary. Uh, 
but the, like it completely the, the the most frightening thing about this is just how off center everything is and how ghetto everything looks yeah the know? neck doesn't even line up in the alien's mouth like it's supposed to be coming out of its mouth yeah but it's like at the top lip so it's like its neck is the mustache of yeah. the alien what if they be, have those what would be a more creative way to join to make an alien head guitar and have the neck join it Maybe if like it was tongue was sticking out or something like, like that. Like maybe have it be like have the neck join in underneath its chin. Yeah, yeah. A tongue would be neat like on a certain type of alien. Sure, yeah. But if like it comes in under its chin and then you have like an inlay coming up the neck of the guitar that looks like a really skinny alien's body. Like that would be kind of cool. Get like an alien autopsy. Call Paul Reed Smith. Yeah, he'll do it for you. It's like the new dying bir- or flying birds. He, I don't think he there's loves, a way to make this better. He loves doing novelty <laughs> guitars. <laughs> no, there's no way to make this better other than to burn it with fire. Or uh, play it at your band's Halloween show. Yeah. Oh, man. And maybe not even that. <laughs> I tried to convince myself in my head that I would pay like a hundred bucks just to play this at a weird Halloween gig, but then I was like, no, a hundred bucks is too much. I couldn't yeah, even no do that. way. No I couldn't way. get my money back if I tried to sell it. <laughs> I would say uh, the correct way to spend your money in that scenario is to get a Vox teardrop drop style guitar, teardrop, teardrop, <laughs> and just put like tape alien eyes onto it and be like, oh, this is my alien guitar now, you know, because this just is not doing it. Total garbage. Let's move on to the next ad. All right, this next ad. Um, Which one just is gonna it? Have to oh, read it. The Jay Turser. Oh, you yes. ruined it, man. Sorry. Oh, uh, this. Forget that I said Jay Turser at all. I definitely didn't say Jay Turser. This, <laughs> this probably is a, isn't a Jay Turser guitar. This is a custom handmade in perfect condition. New strings. The headstock showed the name of the person that made it. Comes with hard case. What's the name of the person who made it, Steve? Oh, this was made by Jay Terser, that famous luthier. That that independent small batch luthier? Yeah. Who, who makes yeah. guitars in his garage and one sells, by them, one. sells them for uh, tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, if you're not familiar with the brand Jay Terser, uh, it's a very affordable import brand that makes a pretty wide variety of... Uh, instruments that always have something a little goofy about them. Yeah, it's like you're getting like very close, but there's one like little bump in maybe in right. some of the cutaways or the curves that just isn't quite there. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like if you buy the store brand Frosted Flakes. Oh yeah, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be just like yeah regular Frosted Flakes. And as you're eating it, you're like, it's just a little different, and that's killing it for me. You know, I don't want to harp on this too long, but my sure. wife did try to convince me that when we first got married, that the store brand was just as good as the name brand. And, and you know you're what? still married to her? I am still married to her, but we've come a long way and kind of met in the middle okay. on this. And we okay. only buy store brand things that she likes, and ah. I get name brand stuff. But anyway, the only thing I could focus on when eating the store brand was how much it didn't taste like right. the name brand. You don't notice the similarities. No. You notice like... Oh, this flake's a little thicker. Yeah. Or like it's... It's the, not frosted right. The sweetness is different. Right. It's still sweet, but it's different. Or it's like too crunchy or too soft, you know. Like, they used a different number yellow dye. Oh, uh, Instead man. of number 53, they used like 15 or something. Oh, uh, don't skimp out with a yellow dye. Yeah. No. It, <laughs> but anyways, Jay Turser, some of their stuff is, is pretty fun. I got to say for a hundred bucks, yeah, this guitar looks like a decent sg copy well i wouldn't even call it an sg copy it's in an sg style sure yeah, yeah it's not it's, it's a double cut away it's a double yeah. cut with devil horns uh with devil horns yeah 
and it comes in a hard case. So 100 bucks. Sell the guitar, keep the hard case. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, even if this guitar is absolute garbage, you go buy a $20 gig bag off of some homeless dude who is using <laughs> it for a pillowcase and uh, throw sell your this guitar in there and sell with, it for 100 bucks again. Sell this guitar without case is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. You know what would probably fit well in this uh, hard case? Anything? Yeah, it looks like an SG would fit in it well. So sell this guitar, buy a Gibson SG. And you're set. Yeah, yeah. With the extra $100 you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, put it towards an SG and you're a quarter of the way there if you find a good deal. Uh, or buy an Epiphone. I don't know. But, you know, maybe this is the Magic j Turster. Some of them play surprisingly well. Some of them play exactly how you would expect, which is not great. Um, but, yeah, some of them can be kind of winners. A uh, friend of the show, Adam Powell, has a j Turster that's a resonator. Uh, electric with a mini humbucker in the neck and mm-hmm. then the Dobro style resonator in the body. And it sounds exactly like you just described it. It sounds exactly how you expect it. And the pickup is busted on the bridge. So he doesn't pick up the high E string, which has kind of become his signature sound, he claims. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his signature sound is using broken stuff. That is true. Yeah, that's totally his style. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to make fun of the fact that this person is calling it out as a custom handmade in perfect condition, a uh, small batch sort of situation is totally not. There's no way this person actually believes that because they're selling it for a hundred dollars. Right. Like there's that, no way. That's the thing where you're like, yeah. Well, what you are know, you I, smoking? I, like I said, it looks good. It's got that headstock inlay. Like I kind of wonder what's up with that headstock inlay. You think mm. this might be a premium um, J Terser? Oh, well, you know, I don't know what premium for J Terser means. It probably doesn't mean very much. Um, look how beefy the tuning pegs look. But it looks like it's really well built. Like yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think, J- that, I don't think I'd have anything bad to say. I do like SGs, so it's yeah. kind of if you do or you don't. And I, on top of that, I like the walnut, kind of the darker wood grain that this, it's got going on. This isn't a bad take on an SG. No. I'm sure that when you hold it in your hand, you'll notice that the devil horns are a little bit wider than an actual SG. Yeah. But yeah. if you're just wanting something to maybe play slide on, or you know, I'm not saying it's a slide guitar, <laughs> but if you actually like Derek right. trucks or something like that and wanted to do some like slide bluesy things, or just have a humbucker guitar to mess around with, yeah. I, would, I would consider it. I would totally buy this for like the teenage guitar player in my life, you know, yeah, like the nephew or something like that who wants to learn to play guitar. Like, well, here's something you're not going to mess up too bad. Yeah. You know, knock yourself out. Take it apart if you feel like it, you know? Sure. Totally. This is totally great uh, starters guitar for sure. Looks great. I bet it plays decent. Like, Yeah, I'll, you'd have to have it set up. There's a lot of really great import guitars these days that are very affordable. It's a great time to learn to play guitar right now. Absolutely. Yeah, it looks like it's basically the price is... I don't want to say the price is right, but like I'm seeing similar ones on it's Reverb in the neighborhood and eBay for like two fifty to three hundred. Yeah. So you know, I think that a hundred bucks. I I think you could buy this depending on what market you're in. Maybe this is like a really slow market. Uh-huh. If I saw this locally for hundred bucks, I think I would probably try to hunt it down. Sure. And just mm-hmm. to have an, just sure. have an extra hard shell case. And worst case scenario, you could totally flip this for 150 yeah. make 50 150 bucks. i think i, I and probably get a list, case i probably listed at 200 and see what happens mm. like it, and just say like you know it's not the same level as like an epiphone but it's not a name brand so i'm not gonna list it yeah i don't know man uh do we have anything else to say about this ad or probably we done? not 
Well, uh, if you guys want to see the pictures of the ads, check the links in the podcast description or visit the Facebook page or check out our Instagram. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to the topic? Do we have anything to say in the middle of the show? This is the middle of the show. <laughs> like if you put the show onto a high piece of something, you could perfectly balance it right now. This is the middle. You think so? Yeah, I think so. We're at uh, 27 minutes. I don't know so if we don't go too long with the song, this is like... This is right there. This is the middle, you know. It feels like we're in the sweet spot. Is this that what is, you're saying? This is the sweet spot. We found our our groove for the night. We've come down off the high of the wheel of pedals. Man, we're into full podcasting business right now. It's business time. Uh, we're about to discuss a topic sent to us by a listener, and that listener is Max Hickman. He says, hey, guys, I'm a big fan of the show. I listen to other guitar podcasts, and they either get way too technical with things or have no idea what they're talking about. We don't get technical with things, and we don't know what we're talking about. So, whatever. Well, the Uh, things that we don't get technical about, we know what we're talking about. When we get into technical things, we don't know what we're talking about. um, (laughs) So, we just stick to what we know. He says, but your podcast is perfect. Well, thanks, Max. Uh, I was wondering what you guys would say are the top five Essential effects for a modern rock rig. Again, big fan of the show. Rock on metal horns, Max Hickman. Nice. Max Hickman is a great name. He should be like a uh, radio personality or something. A DJ. Max Hickman on the radio. Coming at you. (laughs) Yeah, coming straight at you. Straight into your face. Max Hickman. Ka-chow. Ciao. <laughs> He'd probably have a catchphrase just like that or something. I hope so. To the maximum with Max Hickman. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take it to the max. <laughs> there used to be a guy in town. He's probably still in town. And his literal name was Russ, as in Russell. Mm. T. Nails. <laughs> yes. That was his on-air personality name. Russ T. Nails. Not even kidding. Where are you going with this? Uh, I like it. I'm just going off the radio name thing. Sorry for making fun of your name, Max Hickman. It's actually a rad name, and I yeah. think you should keep it. Yeah. It's- <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> In case you were considering changing your name. <laughs> you just unsubscribed to so, your podcast. Uh, first, first, we should kind of define what we consider, and we can each do a different definition for ourselves. Mm. What do we define as a modern rock Scenario, because when I think modern rock, I'm thinking grunge through uh, kind of the stuff that happened just after new metal. You know, kind of like through the last days of rock and roll. I guess you know, you're. uh, I'm thinking like your Alice in Chains through your mud veins. (laughs) I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty fair. I mean, um, so. Wikipedia. Oh my God! Oh, great. Here Descri- we go. Describes modern rock as an umbrella describing music made um, from the nine, like from the nineties to now. Okay. Like okay. in terms of like that's what the rock is. That's what the rock the is. Rock. So actually, the one rock. of the stations that they mention is ninety one X. Really? On the Wikipedia? Sta- yeah. Uh, that's as, a, our as local well as K Rock up in Los Angeles. That's our local alternative rock station. Yeah. Um, so I think. You know, I think you have a lot of different things. When I think of modern rock, I think of like very, I guess, middle of the road. Right. Um, in terms of, like you said, Mudvayne. Mudvayne might be on like the very heaviest side of modern rock. Right, right. Like, and I, I this is going to sound disparaging, but I, I just don't know how else to describe it. When I think of modern rock, I think of like 
Nickelback and Creed and like kind of like the the post grunge movement. Like I would I would classify even you know in the grunge movement like I would classify Bush as modern rock. You know, sure, sure. like earlier bands like that. uh, Earlier, that sounds so weird to call Bush earlier, but right for most of the people listening, I'm sure it is. We're kind of middle aged now, I guess, but. Well, not to be the token millennial in the podcast. Oh, great. A millennial's here. Sorry. Uh, I know I wasn't invited. I noticed how hard you weren't working. (laughs) (laughs) I have to tweet sometime. (laughs) Donnie actually came in. He's like, I just want to spin the wheel and get a pedal. I don't want to donate anything. (laughs) I'm feeling very entitled to spin the wheel right now. Some people claim that I'm a millennial, but I really have no idea. You're on the, like, it depends on what definition you use. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm Gen Xer. I was told I was a Gen Xer when that's the thing people got accused of being as a negative thing. There's like a, so basically like there's some gaps in the, Let's not do this the, conversation. The Let's talk about what the is music this, a genealogy podcast, I know, right? Generational uh, podcast. So my uh, my take on modern rock is a little bit different, but I also am well, a little bit honest, different man. person. Uh, I when I hear modern rock, I think of bands like Rival Sons, which I know there okay. aren't a lot of bands like Rival Sons. Sure, but I also remember uh, Alter Bridge, which was a band that had Miles Kennedy and you mentioned Creed. I uh-huh. want to say the Mark Tremonti was Mark in that Tremonti band is as well. Yeah. Alter Bridge, yeah. Uh, really like that type of stuff and i would consider that uh, probably two different flavors of modern rock sure uh, one's a little bit more of that 90s post grunge type sound yeah right. uh with maybe a little southern influence and then another one um but then i also think about like wolf mother yeah uh, sure i mean it's a big umbrella yeah and rock th- has always been that way yeah I think. but modern rock is just like everything after classic rock let's ba- say that basically like i think yeah. i think I wouldn't. I would say that I wouldn't include. I wouldn't include new wave. I wouldn't include new wave. I wouldn't include punk. And I wouldn't include. I wouldn't include new wave. I wouldn't include punk. I wouldn't include any of those. I wouldn't include metal. Wouldn't include metal. But modern rock can kind of flirt with those things. Yeah, Yeah. and I wouldn't include like. Um, I wouldn't include anything that kind of like it would claim to be related to hardcore. Sure. Sure. Now my question is: It has to be kind of radio accessible. Well, right. I was actually just about to ask that. Where does modern rock end and radio, like pop type, begin? Where does Imagine Dragons fit? According the, to Wikipedia. In the garbage. <laughs> Air high five. Garbage tone. Uh, hashtag. According to Wikipedia, Imagine Dragons would be an example of a current modern rock band. Yeah, really? it's, yeah. it's probably hardline no. the truth. But uh, if you if you look at if you look at the term modern rock and like yeah that's the music I like and the music I don't like fits in it then you're gonna be like I don't want that to be modern rock yeah but it is like I said it's yeah. a you it's know. a big umbrella um but you know I I mean Nickelback's in there like yeah you know. I guess when I think about bands like or like Rival Sons and then think about Imagine Dragons and then I look back at Rival Sons and then I look at Imagine Dragons I'm looking <laughs> back at Rival Sons and like I. Why am I going to, I guess... Why know. do I have to keep looking back at Imagine why do Dragons? I keep, yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> why am I here in this play? This is not like rock, like rock and roll. Well, right, I think, right. you know, I think what you have with that really is you have uh, a band in Rival Sons that like is really like they're heavy and they're like super like I, like dirty blues influenced, I guess, yeah. for lack of a better sure, description. Sure. Yeah. And with uh, Imagine Dragons, you have a band that is like 
They're very they, pop vocal. They flirt with heavy, but there's definitely like a lot more pop influence going mm-hmm. on there. So it's, it's like, like they might it's have like some a, like it's like if a pop musician was like, "Yeah, this is my heavy attitude song. <laughs> right. I feel things. <laughs> there's an electric guitar in one part of this song, yeah. and depending on the radio station you're listening to, yeah, I think <laughs> on col- other radio stations there's a rap part. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh." <laughs> <laughs> I just had this thought too. Uh, speaking of trying to define this, where does does Weezer fit into this category? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, sure. Because I mean, alternative. I would 90s lump. Alternative, I would like, lump. I and some people might not want them to be called emo, but I would lump all emo into ooh. modern rock. See, I would say most emo, unless it gets too close to the spectrum of punk. But I that's would, completely I would, that's I would, completely subjective. I would say yeah. most, if not all, emo sits too close to the spectrum of punk. Interesting. But it this really, just depends I don't want to have this emo. conversation. It really depends on how you define emo. Here's oh, what I, here's what I would say for people who are like who want to. That's like a whole I'm, other. I'm going to make one statement. I'm going to say, Jimmy Eat World's Clarity is not a modern rock album, but Jimmy Eat World's Futures. Might be a modern rock album. Okay. And I this just is like, like the most musical conversation we've ever had on this show. It's true. <laughs> I just want to point out that Ryan was getting kind of emo about throwing emo into modern rock just now. I just, that's my one statement. <laughs> yeah, I started to kind of get pouty and like my, my, he was putting on eyeliner. Yeah, Wait, my, no, that's goth. My clothes were getting darker. No, he was, he was, he was oh. the eyeliner too. He was looking for his Chuck Taylors and his band t shirts. <laughs> I could feel my clothes getting tighter. <laughs> <laughs> he started to like pound All his right. chest with the one fist. Now let's, <laughs> now let's uh now let's actually talk about the question for our own personal definitions of modern rock, no matter what those are decided. All right, as, uh, let's start with this. What let's would put you together say, let's put together our five pedal rigs. So we're talking about five pedals here. I think we could look at specific pedals, um, maybe that we would want or I guess he's just saying, what are the five essential effects? Yeah. So looking at it, let's let's start with let's break get this down to an agreement of five effect categories. Uh huh. And then maybe from there we'll just throw out like what our favorite examples or like what we would maybe gravitate towards or maybe what we use in those categories. Okay. Mm. I mean, first off, you got to have fuzz. I was just about to say that. I mean, not everyone in modern rock uses fuzz, obviously. Yeah. But you got to have it there just in case. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, I would say mainly because I'm thinking about like Mark Tremonti and maybe that era of modern rock. You're going to have to have a modulation pedal like a phaser. Sure. I think we should get specific about which modulations though. Because yeah, there's so many. There's so many. I think phaser is a really good uh, direction to go in. I'd almost say if you're going more 90s. Then I'd almost say like a Univibe flavor, you know, which is pretty phasery, but somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So you can do the Nirvana Soundgarden type of thing, Allison Chains sort of thing, you know, because it's just a staple in a lot of songs. Not every song, but it lands in a lot of songs. I think you need a good dirt box. Yeah, good like dirt just box a for big, sure. medium to high gain distortion. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I would th- I think distortion definitely adds a different flavor than fuzz. Uh-huh. Definitely adds a different flavor than overdrive. Yeah. And if you're playing like real rock. I mean, you, if you, you need, want do you that. need an overdrive? That's a really good question because if you think of modern rock, a lot of that is not de- 
dependent on an overdrive pedal per se, mm-hmm. you could get a lot of that with your amp overdrive. Well, for I, sure. that depends. Like, what about you know? Everyone's got to have their power ballad. Do you do that with an overdrive, or do you just pl- you use your distortion? You can do that with a fuzz slower. or distortion. Okay. Uh, another thing I was gonna say, because what are we at four now? We got three. We have I got three. fuzz. I got modulation slash phaser. I think that's kind of a okay. Block. And then we've got yeah. distortion, a heavy or a medium to heavy distortion. Sure. Um, I don't think tremolo is necessary. All right. What I do mean, you guys tremo- think? Tremolo. Tremolo. Tremolo is necessary, but tremolo is not. I don't yeah. think. I don't think either are necessary for modern rock at all. Oh, okay. I think it gets used from time to time as an effect, mm-hmm. but mostly when it gets used, it's like, uh, we're winking back at older music. The only, so- honestly, like, and I'm sure, you know, people might write in with like, oh, what about this song? What about this song? It got right. used as like a heavy background effect in a lot of like mm-hmm. alternative right. rock in the, the 90s. The only song I ever like think of as like, oh, that's obviously tremolo uh-huh. is How Soon Is Now by the smiths okay sure Ooh. other than that like i just i don't know it's one of those effects that like when somebody says like oh that's tremolo tremolo Tram- tremolo just took it in a whole other direction <laughs> when somebody says oh that's tremolo i'm like oh okay i hear it now but for some reason a lot of the time like it just doesn't it's not a present like, effect in modern no. rock yeah i think actually this is a quintessential modern rock band i think uh-huh. uh at least for their heavier stuff it was switchfoot Ooh. okay um, and they've got some stuff that's got trem on it but, but then it's not necessary, is it? Sure. I don't know. I guess For, not. To, to be a modern rock band, you don't need to have tremolo. Right. So in that same vein, what about a whammy? See, a wh- wait, a whammy or a wah? You mean like a Digitech whammy? I'm saying whammy. I'm not saying wah. Okay. Different okay. things. Uh, or an re- octave type pedal. You know, it's so specific to certain bands where you just couldn't imagine that modern rock band without a whammy. Like your Rage Against the Machines... I was thinking Radiohead, honestly. Audio Slave, because it's the same guitarist. Radiohead. Like, there's certain bands that use the whammy to full effect. I'm not going to say that it's... I don't think it can fit on the list as a necessary for modern rock. But it's definitely a staple of modern rock. What do we think about delay? Delay is tricky. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's necessary for modern rock. Uh, not in the way that it gets used now. For, that's more post rock, right? If you're doing like ambient stuff, sure. Is post rock? What if you just uh, want is post rock some... under modern rock? I would say no. Yeah, also no. Because it, it feels different to me. Like, yeah. I mean, technically, I mean, it depends. Like, if technically, think... technically, post rock is up till now, and modern rock is everything after classic rock till now. But it's like post rock. Is a totally different direction than what I think of when I think of modern sure, rock. Sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's where, like, I guess the question would be, like, do you think of U2 as being modern rock? Because technically, I think they're considered... Actually, I don't know if they're considered post-rock. They were considered post-punk. I consider them easy listening. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Adult contemporary. Man. Wow. That hurts. I'm, I'm just trying to troll you guys. We're, like, I'm dissing sorry. so many super popular bands this episode. Right. <laughs> I would just um, like to say I like you two and yeah. consider them modern rock. Uh, Edge, come on the show. We'd love to have you. Oh my god! You he know would, what? He would hate it. Two <laughs> two years ago, we we joked about having sponsors and doing demo videos, and look where we are. I can joke about <laughs> I can joke about the Edge coming on the show, and who knows in two years? You know, 
Who knows, right? Who knows? Who knows? So it's not that I'm a huge YouTube fan, but I would definitely love to have uh, any major celebrity like so that. So we don't on think the mic. delay. What about reverb? Reverb is another one where it's like that comes with most amps that most modern rock guys are going to use. All right. So it's like it's not going to get used a lot live. Might get used to some effect in the studio, but it's not. I can't think of any like classic modern rock songs that are just like, yeah, this is reverb, you know, like it's mostly just straight ahead drive with some modulation tones. You don't think, okay, this is, I think wah would probably fit. This is going back when you don't think you'd want like something like a little slappy, a little slappity slap slap, like a little echo box. It could be in there, but it's not present in the mix when I think of modern rock. All right. I don't think of it as necessary. I think that wah would be more necessary than delay. Yeah, I would take a wah. I would also say if I'm going to choose between the two, I would choose delay over reverb for modern rock. Sure. Just to add space on solos. Because I do think that, like, I'm thinking Radiohead here again. Yeah, yeah. But it gives you a nice doubling for your solos. And you can do a slappy, slap, slap, slappy if you wanted to yeah. do slaps giving. I right. want. I want to... I want to say boost. Yeah. For Sage performing, you need to have that boost for your lead section. You know, the the lead guitar player in most modern rock outfits is just hanging out, mm-hmm. like kind of filling in the background for four minutes of the song, and then he gets 20 seconds to do his thing. That boost has to work. You yeah. Know? And or- maybe he uses a distortion pedal to do that or a fuzz to do that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like boost is kind of important. Like when you, th- when I think of modern rock, this is kind of like meat and potatoes kind of stuff. Sure. You yeah. Know? Very, very, I wouldn't say, I mean, I don't mean this in a bad way, but basic, very Maybe. basic essential elements of the tone. Right. Yeah. So I've got fuzz. I've got some modulation slash phaser slash univibe. I've got distortion. I've got wad. Did we figure out a fifth category? I was just about to say compression. Really? I don't know. Let's throw this out there. I looked this up right now. Uh, this is on marktremonti.net. Oh, great. This is his rig. Ibanez Tube Screamer. Uh-huh. Klon Centaur. Morley Powerwall. Phase 90. T-Rex MAB Overdrive. T-Rex Replica Delay. It's a great delay. T-Rex Tremonti Phaser. So basically, you've he's got, got two phasers. You've got, yeah, he's got a phase ninety and a T Rex phaser, right? Which is both pr- which is funky. probably just like the phase ninety. So you can get out double phase. If you know, do, if you phase? double your phase, does it put you back into phase? If you if you uh, if you time if you like space the f- two phases uh-huh. out perfectly, do, does your guitar just not? pass like does your chain not pass any signal right right it's like it passes it probably yeah it's just completely well, out of phase talking about what a phaser pedal does versus going out of phase it probably just makes you sound very bright and filtered right <laughs> um it's a tough one i i guess i would i guess i would break down and say that the fifth one would be some kind of time-based effect reverb or delay but then it's just not a present thing in the mix. Sure. And I'd really like overdrive. Yeah. You could have it in there. Tube screamer is like so classic. A lot of people use it, 
but you can kind of get those tones with a decent distortion too. I think maybe a tube screamer would be used in place of a boost if it were me. Yeah, I would probably have a tube screamer or TS eight hundred eight or something that's set with a very low drive and a very high level, just yeah. to give you that mid hump to give you a little. So bit So we more. go with overdrive for category five, over delay, AA time based. I guess so. I mean, it's like the meat and potatoes of modern rock is just dirt. You know, what dirt are you using? Yeah. Are you stacking your dirts? I don't even think I... I don't have anything to say about this conversation. <laughs> I don't know anything about any of these effects. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, when you think about what you're going to do in a modern rock band, there's going to be verse, chorus, bridges, and then there's going to be a solo. You basically have the same tone, tone for the verse, chorus, and bridge because you're going to be you know chugging along or strumming along. Mm-hmm. Uh, the singer is probably going to be holding a guitar too, and he'll strum every now and then. But the the main guitarist is is pretty much holding it down, and then for about fifteen seconds, he's got to have a weird solo, and maybe he'll oh throw gosh. kind of some kind of modulation on top of that, and he'll boost. Maybe so. He will. So either he's starting out with like a bass overdrive or distortion, and then boosting it with a crazy fuzz or with or throwing a modulation on there and using a volume boost or using a wall or something like that. Uh, or he's just, you know, going to stay the same, which probably doesn't happen, but like you have to jump out for that lead part when the singer stops singing and looks at you like, I need to catch my breath. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is your part. This is the part where I could go take a drink. Uh, and everyone likes solos cause it's the nineties, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's a really just, like I said, meat and potatoes genre. People have done more creative and weird things with it, obviously. But if I think if you look at the, the majority of bands, there's really not a whole lot there expected of you out of outside of sounding dirty. Yeah, I almost feel like five effects is too many, honestly, for yeah. modern rock. I think three would probably get you there. I mean, if I'm thinking about Weezer, I'm thinking I would really just need a fuzz pedal sure. to sound like big. And I mean, they use the little tiny amps in the studio turned yeah. all the way up. That's how they got those sounds. I would say if I was going to do like a modern rock band, like right, like I'm going to write this to be just like just basic modern rock. Yeah, I'd have a dirty amp, like slightly dirty amp. Yep. I'd have a fuzz, mm-hmm. I'd have a wah, and I'd have a univibe. You know? And yeah. that would be kind of be it. Mm-hmm. And then if there was reverb on the amp, I would use it sometimes. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I would say if it were me and I were going to be in the same situation, I'd Maybe definitely a delay. agree. Definitely agree fuzz, definitely agree wah. I would do phase instead of univibe just okay. because that's my flavor. Sure. Uh, and yeah, I'd have to have a delay just to do... The Every now and then, yeah. yeah. You double up your solo. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Steve? Steve is done with this conversation. He's got this look on his face like, I just want to... Why are we talking about modern rock? I like post-rock. <laughs> uh, this just isn't indie enough for me. Um, <laughs> so, so it's hard for me because like I've never found a wah pedal where I was like, oh, I really like this. Right. Um, I've used not a ton of fuzzes. I've used a few. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what I would land on. Like if I was like, oh, I need a fuzz for like a modern, like big a modern muff. rock band. Well, oh. I mean, that's, a, well, you know, is the big, Russian big muff. Is that's the, what you'd is use. Is the big muff really a fuzz or is it a, is it a distortion? Some of them say distortion on them, but let's be honest. The big muff is a fuzz. Yeah. Like that's a fuzz. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't know. Actually, I just posted, uh, 
the Friday Club Fuzzwami demo today, uh-huh. and I was talking about how like that is a fuzz. I don't That's feel like I'm like well versed enough in fuzz. Like I always, I've dialed in some really good fuzz tones on bass, uh-huh. uh huh. But as far as guitar goes, my fuzz experience is pretty limited. Um, modulation for modern. I almost want, and I hate the the fact that I'm leaning this way, but I almost want to say like, especially now, mm-hmm. um, that might be a chorus. Yes. Oh sure. Especially like like if you did a if you had a chorus that had a pretty wide like versatile like sweep range. Yeah. Like you could dial like set it really slow and kind of do a sort of phasery thing with it. And especially if you push it more in the vibey sort of direction where you start to do pitch modulation with yeah, it. Yeah, so maybe uh you know you get a Waller Saudi La Julia, best of both worlds. Yeah. Oh I would I think if the Julia existed in nineteen ninety four it would have been huge. Yeah. Um distortions. Not that it's not uh, gonna be huge now. You know it's kind of interesting because I'm borrowing the JHS kilt from you right now. Uh-huh. And the kilt has like kind of like a crazy fuzz setting. Yeah. Um, but it's not really like a distortion per se. No. No. It's kind of weird because it goes from like a medium overdrive. Uh-huh. But like fairly uh, like articulate overdrive. To just splat To just it like out. destroying your face fuzz. Yeah. Um. So you could do two birds with one stone right there. You just oh, totally. got to bend over and flip a switch. Yeah. Assign that, right, get it rewired so that switch is on a stomp. Let's let's talk about a budget modern rock starter pack. Budget modern rock starter pack. Overdrive. Any tube screamer. Joyo vintage overdrive. Sure, sure. Any tube screamer uh, style. Fuzz. Hey, uh, Bad Monkey. Bad Monkey. Bad Monkey. Yeah. I was going to say DS1. Uh, fuzz, any cheap big muff. Yeah. Fuzz face. Or fuzz face would work too. Okay. Uh, fuzz faces are going to be they have. I always feel like fuzz faces like bridge the gap between fuzz and overdrive. Like you can dial them back and get a little bit overdriving with them. Like a big muff, definitely fuzz, but you can get into distortiony sort of sounds with them too. Yeah, you know. So those are kind of your two options if it was like nineteen early nineteen nineties. You know, sure. fuzz face or big muff. That's your mm-hmm. options. You know. Yeah. Um, so what do we say? Tube screamer fuzz. Phase 90. Phase 90, super accessible. You can find them or variants on them everywhere. One knob, how can you go wrong? Yeah. Uh, 30 de- bucks. Delay any DD from Boss. Yeah, you I know. think uh, you can find the DD5 for like under 80 bucks. You can get the DD7 for 100 to 120, depending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or um, you can get a Behringer. Or honestly, like if you, and it's kind of the same price range, but it might be actually. A better thing if you're just looking for again something that's kind of like a slappy thing is the MXR carbon copy. Oh, totally. Uh, I mean, that's still. I think that's going to be a little bit dark for modern rock. You need more of because I'm you're using delay in modern rock more as like a, a lead doubler, so you kind of need something a little digital and clean. Maybe in my opinion, anyway. Depends on the flavor of modern rock. I guess so. I think the TC Electronic Flashback would also be a really cool. Oh, one. totally. Uh, I've seen actually some guys that I know that play modern rock tend to favor that pedal. It's okay. uh, it's really versatile. It doesn't do everything the best, but it doesn't do everything the worst either. Uh, I I demoed it this morning and I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, it wouldn't. I don't think I'll buy one. But I wouldn't look down at anyone for using it. I actually owned one for a while and really liked the fact that it did a lot of things yeah. well, but not one thing great. 
Right. And I think that's what's uh what it's good about it. I would buy one of those over a Boss DD honestly for really? that reason. Yeah, I love my personally. DD. I love my DD3 and I'll fight you to the death on that. Well, <laughs> meet me in Temecula and let's do it. Yes, here it is. The Rumble in Temecula. Blo- <laughs> oh my god. Blood in the streets. Someone's finally going to meet in Temecula and fight. Let's do it. <laughs> for the first time in all of recorded history, there will be a battle in Temecula. <laughs> Not really. Not <laughs> what do we think about fuzz? Or not fuzz, sorry. What do we think about? We already did fuzz. Uh-huh. Uh, what Distortion? About, what about wah? A oh. budget wah? Any crybaby. Go pick yeah. up a $30 crybaby off of Craigslist. Bad it's horsey. A bad horsey? <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you ever used a bad horsey? horsey? No. <laughs> They're spring-loaded. What? Yeah. Really? They, they go back to uh, heel position every time. Is it really? maximum heel like um, your, isn't that like it might off? Be, it might be off. But like that's the thing, like it pushes against your foot, so you can do these super fast flutters with it. What about like the the weeping demon? Do you guys ever oh, see the Ibanez thing? Yeah, I mean, any wah is gonna get you there in the nineties. Like, yeah, you you took the wah, you put it after your distortion or your fuzz, and you went like lead crazy on it. Mm. Like you didn't go classy with it. You weren't Jimi Hendrix. No. It was like, oh, why does that sound kind of vocal? It was like you full Allison chained it in your modern rock band, like. Wah after some dirt to really get that. Did we we say a distortion? I don't don't think that we did. Uh, Cheap distortion, affordable distortion. Um, MXR 78. Yeah, maybe. I would would skip the DS1s and I would spend a little. What about a modded DS1? Yeah, Mm. I would go modded DS1. But I would. I would go for something a little bit more expensive that has a little bit better EQ control that maybe has a low and a mid knob or something like that or a contour knob. It's kind of locked in, but I I think if your modern rock band was going, has kind of like the, the, uh, butt rock sound, I guess, Uh for lack of a better word. (laughs) Well, that's hair metal. Well, no, it it is, Uh uh, but there are definitely like a lot of like rock bands. I think you could like, I'm almost thinking of like, uh, like bands that are using like the high gain, like the you know, the triple rack or double sure, dual rectifier, yeah. like sure. high gain sounds, or like just crank. If you're doing like a cranked Marshall thing, uh huh. Um, if you can spring for it, it's like a hundred and hundred and twenty bucks. Maybe check out the uh, Zvex box of rock. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. Or uh, or just try to hunt down uh something that's a uh, rat inspired yeah maybe like yeah. the moore black secret a rat flavored thing would be interesting uh i feel like there's some really decent uh distortion offerings from dod right now like what's that one called is it the gunslinger they've got the gunslinger uh that's a new one from them they've got the uh, that other one yeah uh, the, that just the, came out the gunslinger is a mosfet distortion uh it's got gain level low and high so yeah something like that would be perfect for a current pedal to buy that's more affordable for modern rock it's going to give you some low control to get you nice and fat without being really brittle like some distortions can tend to be so that's my vote on a distortion pedal the only thing i would add is maybe the boss sd1 which is still probably more of a drive pedal by definition well i think that's in your tube screamer territory i can't remember it was so long ago that i had one but i Uh did like it for for the boss it's a really solid tube screamer option especially if you're looking to go budget you can pick those up 30 bucks any day of the week Mm -hmm. and they're really solid they're actually a really decent sounding 
take on the Tube Screamer. I have a, a, a early 80s one that I think is kind of magical. It definitely gets kind of flat and cardboardy. Sure. But sometimes that's exactly what you need, yeah. you know, especially for a, a lower gain fizzy kind of drive that you're going to spice up and do a dirty amp or something like that. Like it, it's you, you treat it kind of like a compression, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think we've kind of beat this topic to death. Uh, I, I would just say this uh, one thing guitar.com uh, recently bought out guitar geek, like maybe a year ago. Oh really? Um, they have a lot of, of rig rundowns. On yeah. Premier Guitar also, I think, is known for their... Is it Premier Guitar I'm thinking of? Yeah. That does do the rig, rig rundowns. There's a few different sites that do rig rundowns. So if you've got like a specific band in mind, um, check out what they're using. And you'll be surprised the number of like professional, oh, uh, yeah. like big name professionals that are using like... Off the shelf. Like sub $150, sub $100 uh, dirt boxes because they can, you know... They're playing 300 shows a year. Yeah. If their dirt box dumps in Tuscaloosa, they can just run to the nearest guitar center. They don't and well, also the nearest mom and pop and get whatever they need. They don't have to find like their nearest boutique dealer. Also, most of these guys don't have freaking extra time in their day to go on groups and forums the way we all do and research every single pedal that comes out. They're like, oh, I kind of need like a drive. And the roadie's like, oh, how about this one? Yeah, okay. Like yeah. that's how that process goes hey, Ryan, down for a lot of like what's the, uh, what professional musicians. What do you think is musicians. the best uh, fuzz in a clon box on the market? <laughs> it's, definitely, <laughs> it's definitely the Pelotar for sure. The Pelotar would be a freaking great modern rock fuzz. Yeah. Like flat out. I'll say that right now. I had a blast using that pedal. You guys should go all, go watch the demo right now. It's been up for a week or so now. Yeah. A week or so. Uh, I think that's a great pedal. I think I'm going to do a second demo of it soon, showing off the internal gain trim pots mm -hmm. because uh, the pedal itself does not have a gain knob on the top, but there are the trim pots inside. So I kind of want to mess around with those and just see what extra versatility I can get out of it. Um, other things we've got to talk about because I think we're done with this topic. Uh, do you want to plug yourself, Donovan? Sure. I'll plug myself right into this podcast. <laughs> plug I, yourself up. Sorry. That, I don't know where I was going with that joke. <laughs> yeah. I, I recently, in Emoji Pedal Review News, I recently hit over 1,000 followers. Nice. And got approved to go to Summer Nam. Cool. Which is pretty cool. Under I, your own name. Under my own name. Yeah. I went to uh, Winter Nam in Anaheim under my own name, which was a blast. Cool. And I am actually actually might seriously be going to Summer Nam. Uh, I really want to, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm still not 100% sure. I haven't booked airfare or anything like that, uh -huh. but I did look at it, and I have some friends, because I'm from the South, that okay. uh, know some people over there. So it could very well be happening if you want to find uh, you know, your preferred emoji coverage of summer nam uh, you may have <laughs> yeah. a place my friend on definitely definitely check out emoji pedal reviews on instagram it's the premier pedal review instagram that uses only emojis to review pedals and I, other gear as well too sometimes even dogs i, I, I <laughs> sometimes post, you've emoji reviewed dogs uh, emoji puppy reviews 
is, is what is, it is. Is that a new site yeah. you're launching? Or? No, I, I think it's just something I've dabbled in. Yeah. I have a lot of uh, gear buddies that like to post pictures of their dogs. And from time to time, <laughs> I can get a picture of my dog that's halfway decent, so I'll post that. Nice. But it's mostly gear, I promise. But yeah, it's I I legitimately and not ironically endorse what you're doing. <laughs> I, think, I think it's really uh, it's really charming Thanks. and it's really fun. Like you get to decipher the emojis when you see a pedal. Like, oh, what is he trying to say with this? Like, yeah, they're like, really, what is he saying about this? You they're know? usually coded medis- messages as to how I feel or some sort of theme about the pedal, and sometimes they're completely random. Uh-huh. Uh, but I've been posting some videos lately, which have been got, getting some good reviews. Uh, Instagram changed the length of time, so I'm trying to see how I can capitalize on that. But how long can you go now? You can go up to a minute. What on Instagram video? Whoa, yeah. I didn't know that. It's very recent. I haven't. I don't even know if I've gotten that update yet on my phone. I haven't tested Shoot. it to find that out. That means I can drop an almost. A full demo intro mm. i think Instagram. it's so popular videos to me have been way better players than almost any oh, picture yeah. unless it's something like super popular that right. i think they realized that they needed to capitalize on that right and they're kind of filling that gap between vine and yeah youtube yeah it's kind of like when you take a, a video on your phone you're like do i really want to commit to youtube on this yeah like no, no way and i don't want to put it on facebook because then it's stuck on facebook yeah they're gonna reduce it to like the worst quality ever yeah now that quality on instagram is great but you know exactly what you're doing on instagram with the quality you're like it's gonna be square it's gonna be low quality and it's gonna it's be gonna, shot on an iphone yeah it's gonna show you know my kid in a kiddie pool with spaghetti all over their oh face gosh. you know <laughs> <laughs> uh so that's great news um yeah definitely check out emoji pedal reviews on instagram do we have anything new we need to announce we we need to cover our sponsor again of course that's what i was gonna get to because i don't think we have anything else uh check out the blog or the website 60cyclehumcast.com yep we have been doing a lot of fun clickbaity stuff ever since april fools uh it has been getting us incredible numbers whenever we do these funny little joke articles. Yeah. So I'm going to say that now that Pandora's box is open, no matter how much it aggravates people, if you write something and you get 50,000 numbers on it, like 50,000 views, uh, it doesn't matter how many people say they hate it. You're going to do it over and over again for the rest of your <laughs> life. And so that's just the direction we're going to go. And I'm sorry to anyone who doesn't like it. There, there will be some legit articles. I'm going to yeah. do a write. I, I need to sit down and do a write-up for um, Ultimate Ears. Uh-huh. Um, I may hash out some of the stuff we talk about on here a little further uh, because I can go a little bit more technical on some things. I think maybe. you should write a... Uh, a dis- you, I think you should distill everything we talked about concerning modern rock pedals. Into an article. Absolutely. <laughs> Steve does not want to do that. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's thank our sponsor again, Barefoot oh, yeah. Buttons. Big thanks to Barefoot Buttons. They're a uh, a guitar pedal accessory. I mean, a lot of times there's a guitar accessories out there that are goofy. Right. These are, like I've said it before, I'll say it again. I really like them. They're really legit. You can use them over and over again. I think they start out at like eight bucks or something like that. Honestly, I use like three or four on my board at, at a time. Buy two or three. See how it fixes your game. You can use them on all sorts of different pedals. Like, 
if you have that button that is just too hard to get to when it's next to another mm-hmm. pedal because the pedals are different levels, it fixes it for you. It just straight fixes it. Yeah. Like, and they look cool too. Check out barefootbuttons.com. Um, and uh, like I say f- as frequently as I re- can remember, if you buy something from someone because you heard about it on this show, absolutely. Like, let them know, hey, I'm really stoked to buy this thing from you. I heard about it on 60 Cycle Hum. Yeah. Because sometimes we just talk about companies that, because we love their stuff. Yeah. Not because they're like sponsoring the show, but that's going to help us out because it gets our name out there and it gets builders uh, stoked. And it gets builders like to realize like, hey, uh, there are actually people who listen to three morons in a garage. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, this time it's three morons. Usually it's two morons. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe two and a half morons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I count for the extra half. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this is our song this week. Uh, thanks, Donnie. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> this song You're welcome, sent, Steve. This song was sent to us by Chris Brewer from the podcast Less Than or Sequel To. Which is a great movie podcast. Yeah, he's in a band called DeLorean Gray. Which, which combines, is a great band name. Which combines two of my favorite things, Back to the Future and, and, classic o- literature. and Oscar Wilde. Uh, this song is called Mundane Days. Hope you love it or hate it. Later, guys. Bye.